Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the China Shop. I'm your that host, was Kyle. awful. <laughs> Hello, that was so and welcome there to the we China go. Shop. I am your host, and joining me for today's midweek update is Eric from ES Invests. How are you doing today, Eric? Would it kill you to put a little fucking gusto in the intro next time? Gusto. All right. Uh, God damn it. Not, I can't remember the name. Who are those two people in the fucking Muppets that are always criticizing everything? Uh, the two old guys in the in the box. Oh, shit. That's the, who you remind me of. Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. All right. Um, I was gonna say some more in the intro, but fuck that. Uh, what do we want to talk about today? I got some some new stuff. Uh, I think you were watching Nvidia as they were reporting as we're talking. Yeah, dude. So Nvidia they reported today after the close, which they closed at three hundred five and they're trading at three eighty two. I love it when I pull up the chart and I don't even see where the price is because it's off the screen. <laughs> it's massive, Holy massive, shit. massive, massive. What did they and report the, that was so great? Here's the funny part. The expected move was 19 points. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Oh, anybody's sold off that one. Jeez. Which is, here's the even funnier part of this story. I was going to trade a short straddle, a skewed short straddle in NVIDIA for earnings. Mm-hmm. And I ended up not putting the trade on because I was recording a podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> in the market close. <laughs> Dude, oh, that, that market just saved, or that podcast just saved me thousands of dollars. Oh, oh, I thought, oh, good Lord. Yes, that probably did. Yeah, so. How do you even get out of that in that scenario? Uh, you wait. Like, Do you just try to get the shares uh, uh, or just hope it comes down uh, at some point? And you just during the open tomorrow. You just just pay. Just uh, that's why you put more than one you on. You just pay, yeah. So you, if I sold the straddle, I would have to buy it back, and I would be buying it back at 
a pretty significant markup from what I would have sold it at. Oof. Have you had those experiences before where the podcast didn't save you? Um, seldom because for like for this, the reason why I would have skewed it is I like for any sort of tech, I have a running policy of capping the upside. Mm-hmm. So because I've seen this before, I literally have seen this before. So I typically would just buy far out of the money calls that are pretty cheap. So the trade that I was originally looking at would have been shorting the 305 strangle and then getting like a far out of the money relative before this giant move far out of the money long calls at like the 350s or something. Right. So it the 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 trade would still suck because it would be losing, but it wouldn't be like some sort of catastrophic loss. The other thing I'm I'm very careful about is the sizing. Yeah. So that you know, because there's a liquidity issue. So if you have to claw for the door and you like you're in such a scaled position that if you can't get out that it's catastrophic to the portfolio, you've already like royally fucked up. Right, right. The other thing you can do in these instances that I've have I have done before, it's grossly imperfect, but in a pinch it can work, is short-term hedging with futures. But you have to try to find something that's like as correlated as you can get. And it's normally not great, is really what it comes down to. Yeah. But yeah. in this instance, you could hedge via NASDAQ futures. Yeah. So and that would have worked just again not great but it would have been fine like the name of the game in those instances is just stop the bleeding it's yeah, not just, i'm gonna turn this into a great trade you're not trying to get out uh, at a profit from when you're hedging you're just trying to basically have a tourniquet to stop from having to amputate a foot it, that literally that is like the best possible way to describe it 100 agree with you yeah but so, yeah uh, they're <laughs> It's interesting. So I was looking at the the release. I haven't read all the way through it yet, so I don't want to like speak too out of turn. But the language generation AI is uh, like a huge part of their their business. So they're projecting a sixty four percent jump in sales to try to get more processors out because of the technology. So it's uh, exactly what you would expect to see. Yeah. Shit. So. I wonder if Microsoft's doing well in sympathy just as because they own a large stake in chat GPT, don't they? Or an open AI, the company that owns chat GPT. Yeah. And Microsoft is up to 319 after hours from 318. Okay. Well, not that much. <laughs> That's super meaningful because it's Microsoft didn't report earnings here. So the fact yeah, that yeah, they're yeah. getting that kind of move after hours is massive. Like you mm-hmm. can be pretty confident that tomorrow you're going to see follow through because yeah there was an expected move in microsoft against the nvidia earnings but it was only 270 273 mm-hmm. the expected move in microsoft so the fact that it straight up doubled that as well like it's it's a big move right yeah hmm. damn i know really cool so one one last note on the nvidia thing um so they forecast an 11 billion in sales for the current quarter which was above the 7.2 billion wall street was expecting and it's the highest quarterly total ever for the company. Holy shit. Yeah. And so what, just what percentage does NVIDIA make up of the NASDAQ now at this point? So I thought I saw something saying like Apple or I don't know if Apple is. There's like five companies that are like that make the index like it's extremely top heavy right now. And I'm sure this isn't probably going to help that. 
Yeah, so the NVIDIA is probably a third of Apple's input. So the biggest inputs are Microsoft, Apple, Goog, Goog L, and obviously those yeah. two combined is massive by far, bigger than Apple, and then Meta. And NVIDIA, I think, is about commensurate with Meta okay. in terms of overall percent. But I can tell you right now exactly what it is because I'm kind of curious myself. Uh, fuck, NVIDIA actually shot above, yeah, 350, that number you're marking, that was above the all-time high. So it's trading $30 above that in after hours. That's freaking huge. It's it's lit- it like quite literally is a gigantic move. Do you have any plans on trying to take advantage of uh, the increased volatility tomorrow? There won't be increased volatility, actually. So what will happen after this release, especially because it's on such a rally, um, implied will plummet, realized is going to skyrocket. So the best move that I probably would play here would actually be to trade um, a short-term price mean reversion in NVIDIA to the downside. But that would be like a very, very, very short-term trade, like very short-term, like maybe a day or two. Yeah, yeah, um, that's kind of what I was th- And you also have positive earnings drift that you have to deal with, which... Yeah, well, the thing is, is pon- positive earnings announcement drift, it's important to note, like, it definitely would apply in instances like this. It's decreased significantly for liquid companies, specifically large caps. Like in recent studies, PEED is contracted significantly for those kinds of companies. Mm-hmm. But I would be willing to wager that it would still exist in this kind of move where it's essentially like a five plus standard deviation move. Right. So I I do believe that with that kind of movement, it probably still would hold true, even though it largely doesn't anymore. Mm-hmm. But right. to answer your question, NVIDIA is 5.2% of the of now. And I was wrong before where Meta is 4%. So it's not commensurate. Uh, NVIDIA is larger than Meta. And then Af, uh, Google say, that- or Alphabet. Is that counting is today or is that before today? Before today. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> That's probably got up a few times. And then, yeah, and then Alphabet combined, uh, class A and C is a little over 7%. So really, uh, Google writ large would be the third largest. But yeah, mm-hmm. NVIDIA is larger than Meta. Goddamn. All right. Well, there's a couple of other stories that I wanted to dig into. I think if I had to Let's choose one, though, I want to talk about this... Um, since we're just talking about AI shit, this uh, Pentagon explosion uh, hoax that was going around on, was that Monday? Mm-hmm. Were you paying attention when that uh, flashed? I mean, because not at all. Like all the major news organizations picked this thing up. The markets spooked and tried to sell off, but immediately rebounded well before anybody could, you know, come out and issue any retractions. I, th- I was just fascinated by the market's ability to basically call bullshit on this well before any of the you know, news agencies that were spitting out these headlines were able to get their shit together and fact check it. Yep. That makes, yeah, that's literally essentially in line with expectations. Um, There's two really cool things about markets is they're predictive in nature, just in terms of economic functions. And I also think if you ever want to know the probabilities of things, you can always look at insurance charts. Mm -hmm. Between both of those, they will outright and out predict any news source every fucking day of the week that makes perfect sense that's probably why people pay attention to options it's it's literally like that's that's why that kind of stuff matters is because you can tell a lot about things based on anomalous moves it's one of the reasons why 
you know, you can tell before an earnings release, for example, if some of the information was leaked, you'll see it in the options. Mm -hmm. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of really cool information you can glean from markets if you can learn to decouple it from all of the bullshit talking news. Right. Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is to just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Another thought that I was having when I was thinking about this, because uh, you had the, the headline hits, the market starts selling off, then they start to rebound. But like if you were even like sitting near the Pentagon, saw this tweet come up with the picture and you're standing next to it and you know that that didn't actually happen, you still can't just go in there and blind buy it expecting that, you know, you're going to do all right. You got to like there's still more more to it than just trying to to act on something when you know it's not true, but nobody else does. Right. I don't know if I'm explaining that thought very well, but I'm following you. I actually would probably argue the inverse, though. I think I genuinely think sometimes a hypothesis can be that simple. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean that's that's what we see a lot of uh, um, a lot of the people that we talk to, a lot of the books we read, like especially um, God, markets and profile. I think they talk about the early adopters being the ones that you know stand to, to do the what the best. It's when everybody else starts piling in that you start to lose your edge. So yeah, maybe that is a good point. That 100% holds true with essentially any edge. As soon as people identify it and it proliferates and more people identify it, um, yeah, the return potential is naturally going to contract. So yeah, that that 100% spot on. That's why this this actually segues real quick into, I think, a really important point to hit on where yeah. re, this, is, this is like one of the benefits to being a retail trader. And I think too frequently retail traders view themselves as like this disenfranchised, cast out class that essentially just can't do anything and is perpetually dis really like just barred from being from being able to like successfully interface with the markets on a commensurate level with professionals. And while I get a lot of that and I would continue to remind people that like retail investors, we are the tail of the dog. But even being the tail of the dog of which, has benefits. Yeah, exactly. I hear Thor in the background there. <laughs> yeah, one sec. I can... Thor, enough! There we go. Just pause and yell at him. And... Right, right. Um, <laughs> but one of the things is retail traders have the benefit 
of operating in small markets. And mm-hmm. that is actually really, really, really beneficial because there are lots of places where people like Warren Buffett, they can see opportunity, but it's too small of a market for it to even make sense for them to get in at the requisite scale. A lot of times they would move the price on themselves, getting in bad price, like that kind of stuff has a place. So retail traders being small sometimes is actually a benefit. I have the image in my head of a, uh, like Warren Buffett is the Boeing 747 and it's when he wants to do something, he's got to taxi to the runway and take off. And, you know, it, it takes a lot of shit to move this thing. Whereas the retail traders are like the mechanics running around on the ground floor. They can zip in and out. They can get to where they need to go. They can just have a lot more freedom and a lot more flexibility. And that's, that's what our, that's what we have going for us. 100%. And the ability to pivot quickly, like, There's, Mm -hmm. I just, I think it's important when possible to reiterate some of the benefits of being a retail trader so that retail traders don't develop this, um, you know, we're just fucked mindsets. It's not true. Yeah. And that's actually a great point because I think we're just talking a little bit about that before we even hit the record button about mindset and like, you can choose to look for all the downsides and everything you do, but you're just going to be a miserable person. Like instead look for the advantages that you have and then start to use those, you know? 100%. 100%. Like literally 100%. Oh, man. Well, is there anything else we want to touch on? I feel like we just, I feel like when we hit a good lesson, I just want to hit the stop button because I don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> no. Uh, how about Micron? Have you been paying any attention to that? Your huge penis? No, 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 no. Not my penis. Uh, Micron. Is that like the nickname for it or? No. <laughs> no, the semiconductor company that China tried to ban. Uh, they, they banned it shortly after the G7 summit in Japan. Uh, it just happened to be after a bunch of major democracies spoke in quote, one voice on their growing concerns over China. So after this meeting, China came out and said that, uh, they did some kind of review on Micron's products and found that they had relatively serious cybersecurity risks, which posed significant security risks to China's critical information infrastructure supply chain and would affect national security. So as a result of that, they have, um, it says that critical infrastructure projects should stop purchasing products from Micron, but I assume that that's a lot more forceful than, uh, than the wording that they chose. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot more dire consequences for anybody found violating that in China. But Micron has, has come out and said that, because uh, they get about 10% of their revenue from mainland China, they're expecting a low to high single digit hit to their bottom line based on this this latest development. I did not hear that. Yeah, I th- I'm trying to see when this came out. This must have been... And it's rallying. Oh, this was yesterday. This was yesterday. So I don't know if anything has happened since then. And Micron is rallying. It looked good today, and it's rallying also on NVIDIA's earnings, I bet. It's up Probably. 69. Giggity. It's funny that they, they link this to the G7 summit, but I had a feeling... I thought this was more tied to our ban... Uh, um, selling semiconductor products to Chinese companies that we don't want copying our technology, basically. That makes sense. So I I would have thought this would have been like a tit for tat for for us banning the sale of certain products to them. Yeah, I'm reading an article now about kind of the, they're calling this uh, like a back and forth chip battle between the US and China. And they're speculating that this could kind of get out of control pretty quick. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people uh, voicing some concerns. Yeah, they and, talked about it at the G7 summit. 
the thing that really stuck out was Micron's statement saying that they don't even know what the actual security risk is that they're claiming is a problem. Like they don't even know why well, they're they're being yeah, banned. That's <laughs> that's telling. Like the they're yeah, yeah. it's all positioning. Wow. The rationale behind China's Micron ban is misleading at best. Unlike logic chips such as central processing units and graphics processing units, which act as computing brains and can process data. The memory chips made by Micron are dumb in comparison and are simply used as storage. The technology makeup means it is unlikely China's allegations are accurate. That's this kind of stuff is really interesting. It's like the I have a, a like a a vacuum, like you know, a bowed vacuum that has essentially the ability to scan my house and to plot my house so that it can clean my house more effectively. And that's from China. Right. Well, you know what I mean? Like, could you imagine the security yeah. issues there? So it's just, yeah, my my yeah. point, <laughs> the main point being like, how far does this go? I don't know. But uh, I mean, you've got the shit going on with TikTok. Uh, the weird thing is, so so Micron doesn't even make smart semiconductors. They just make dumb, dumb chips then. Um, is that what you said? Just ago? Let me see. Uh, so, yes. Because then if that's the case. The only reason to to issue this ban on Micron would be just because it's the U.S. chip-based company. Yeah, so 72% of Micron's business is Core DRAM, which is the memory in a computer. So um, yeah. it's, yeah. And then the second largest wow. portion is NAND Flash, which is 30% essentially. And those are rewritable memory devices. So um, yeah, the vast majority of their business is dumb chips, quote-unquote. Right. Interesting. All right. Well, that's something something to keep no, an eye well, on. Well, I'm just glad that they didn't ban your gigantic penis because otherwise your OnlyFans is going to collapse. <laughs> I only put feet on there. <laughs> I thought that those were goat's feet, but it's good to know that they're your feet. No, my micro feet. <laughs> oh, you're such a dick. <laughs> At least I'm a normal one. Um, all right. Anything you want to leave the listeners with here before I wrap this fucking thing up and go eat some dinner? No, just say so you have freaking huge penis and it's not banned yet. All right, folks, that is going to take us to the end of today's episode. I'd like to say thank you to everybody who stuck around to the end and to Eric for hanging around and throwing out those insults. If you'd like to know more about how he trades, you can check out his YouTube at ES Invest. You can check us out at two bowls in a china shop.com. Be back soon to insert another exciting episode straight into your ear holes. But until then, sanction this episode with your friends like a Chinese regulator and take care. Oh, I was waiting for your bye. Yeah. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.